folks, welcome to this episode of Rich Insights. I'm Don Rich, Head of Investments for Esoterica Capital Markets. Today's topic is on whether or not it's time to rotate into small caps. Smalls had a big week last week, almost three times the performance of large caps. Three times. But they're still lagging for the month, so maybe they're just playing some catch-up. Alright, that's what we want to take a look at. As my father used to say, yeah, every donkey thinks itself worthy of standing with the king's horses. Well, let's 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 take a look. Right? Let's look at some of the evidence to see whether or not smalls might might be of interest here going forward. Let's jump right into the charts here. We're going to start with the most recent performance, the most re- uh, recent weekly returns. So the S&P 600 index and the Russell 2000 index are the two most popular small cap U.S. uh, uh, indices in the U.S. The two most popular small cap indices, the 600 and the Russell 2. And of course, the 400 is the mid cap index. Now, you see all three of these were up 3.6% on the week as of last week. 3.6. How does that compare to large? Large was up 1.2, right? The S&P 500 was up 1.2. 3.6 versus 1.2. That's pretty damn exciting. Now, let's take a look, though, for the month of July. Uh, the month-to-date numbers. The S&P is up four. Where are smalls? Uh, we have the Russell 2 is up 2.2, and the S&P 600 is up 1.8. So 2% versus 4%, right? Smalls have still significantly outperformed on the month. So as I said, maybe they're just playing some catch-up here, and we really shouldn't get too excited about it. But if if this was the start of a meaningful trend, wow, we could ride this horse for a while. All right. Again, let's go back to this chart, the lower right-hand corner. I'm looking at year-to-date uh, spot returns. All right. Price returns. These returns do not include dividends. You can see large caps. The S&P 500 essentially flat now on the year. S&P 5 is flat on the year. Where is uh, the small caps? The Russell 2 is down 12, and the S&P 600 is down 17. All right, that's what I was talking about. That's what I'm getting excited about. If we could pick up 12% uh, return differential or 17% return differential, shit, that would be great, right, if this was the start of a meaningful run. But, uh, again, we have to look at that a little closer. The reason I thought about this was, you know, one was, was, was the outperformance last week, but there was also... There was also a really interesting Bloomberg uh, article this week on the topic. I'll share that with you right now here. They're talking about this growing list of zombie companies within the small cap space. All right, so the crux of this uh, article is as follows. Down here at the bottom, you can see at the start of the year, right, on Jan 1, almost 40% of the small cap index was losing money. All right. 40% 40% losing money. 60% of the companies are making money, but 40% are still in negative territory. Now, for some negative uh, uh, earnings companies, that doesn't bother me, uh, particularly for small cap software companies. They don't make money, they don't make money, they don't, and then all of a sudden they make money, right? They don't make money until they make money, and then they, 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 they tend to do well, right? Those that survive do well. So there are, there are cases, there are cases when I'm not bothered by the fact they're, they're not making money. But 40% of the index? Wow, that's a big number. Now let's get back to the, the point of the Bloomberg article. 
So at the start of the year, there was almost 40% of small caps that were not making money. Now, if we trace those 40% through the March lows, the average return is 80%. For those that were losing money at the start of the year, they have bounced 80% on average since the March lows. All right, what about the profit-making companies? Remember, that was 60% of the small cap index. Well, they're up less than 50, all right? So if you're losing money, you got an 80% bounce. If you're making money, you only have a 50% bounce. Now that's uh, uh, concerning, right? That's when we start thinking about bubbles. That's when we start getting concerned about this excessive risk-taking. And that's really what we have here so far, uh, folks, right? We, for the most part, you can buy any damn thing you want so far, right? And, and it, it's worked out. But we know that's not going to last forever, right? At some point, quality is going to become an issue. And when it does, and when it does, that's when we really have to keep our eyes on smalls. Take a look at this. Leverage turns by size, all right? So these are debt ratios, uh, debt to EBITDA ratios. The blue bars are total debt, and the red bars are the maroon bars are net debt to EBITDA. Now, what you can see very clearly here is as you get smaller in size, the balance sheet quality deteriorates, right? The debt levels increase, the earnings fall as you get smaller in size. And it is dramatic, particularly the net debt. Look at the difference here, just in terms of going from large to mid. It is just huge. It is night and day. And then going to smalls, of course, is another bump. You are taking on huge, huge balance sheet risk here. Now, smalls tend to do well tend to do well during expansionary periods because balance sheet quality is not so important. Now, along that those lines, now I'm a huge advocate of passive ETFs. I love passive ETFs most of the time. But right now, right now we have to think about balance sheet quality and why it is so damn important. And you can't get that by buying the entire basket, whether it's a basket of smalls, mids, or large. You just can't get it. What you need to do is subdivide each one of those baskets into the quality balance sheets. And you can only do that with, with like smart beta ETFs or active uh, management uh, ETFs. So you want to think about that going forward here. Now, why is it that the fat guy thinks the balance sheet quality is, is, is going to start being more and more important? Well, this next chart here, we are looking at the U.S. yield curve slope. So this is the 30-year Treasury interest rate, or 30-year Treasury yield, minus the two-year yield. Now, since about, well, let's call it the 7th of June, right? For about the last six weeks, the yield curve slope has been flattening, has been flattening. This is not a good sign. Flatter yield curves tend to project slower growth. Flatter curves, slower growth. And it's not just the U.S., curves around the world are flatting, uh, flattening right now. Even though equities still are singing kumbaya and, 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 and it looks like everything is fine, the bond market is not saying that everything is fine. Now let's chase that a little bit further. What, what I want you to focus on here is on the uh, right-hand side of this chart. Here, here are the, the yields or the expected return on, on a whole variety of fixed income instruments here. All right. So you can see five-year treasuries are paying 30 basis points. 10-year treasuries, 60 basis points. 30-year treasuries, almost 90. Almost, not quite, but almost 90. Oh my gosh, we should get excited about that, right? That's part of the reason for this equity rally. The expected returns and fixed income are so pathetic 
that we're looking for something better. It seems like there's got to be something better somewhere in the world, right? But let's not forget what these numbers actually tell us, right? What is the bond market telling us right now? That's in our box down here. The bond market is saying we are looking at subpar growth coming at us in the near term, yeah, longer term, maybe even as far as 30 years, right? Subpar growth for long periods of time. Small caps do not do well in a slow growth environment, right? So even though equities have had this run up, earnings are falling, right? We are in a declining uh, uh, earnings cycle right now. This is no longer the up cycle. Buying the smalls and not worrying about the balance sheet quality, that works when you're in the up cycle, right? We're not there now. So as soon as people start realizing that and get concerned about it, then of course they're going to overreact the other way. And you want a position for that ahead of time. So again, let's pull all the pieces together. Smalls had a really nice week last week, right? Three times the return of large. Is that something to get excited about? Is that a horse we want to chase? I don't think so. To borrow another one of my father's uh, phrases, to me it looks more like a horse that shits fast doesn't shit long. All right, so that's our message for today. I'm Don Rich, and you just experienced a rich insight. I hope you've enjoyed it. May your beer be colder than the company you keep. We'll talk again soon. Thank you.